Welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Music. My name is Ian, and on the Sinners Line today, we have none other than whom? Yeah, it's it's just James. Aww. Just James speaking. <laughs> have a little no. bit of pride in yourself, buddy. Mr. J- Mr. Durst is not here this week. Phew. <laughs> we couldn't get him to leave. Like, he wouldn't leave. And that was awesome. Yeah, that, that's a word for it. Yes. <laughs> well, look, once again... We have a good amount to talk about, but still, there's really not a whole lot going on in the scene right now. Yeah, I felt like the news section was a lot longer than our album reviews this week. This is our lowest album review since, like, a December or end of December show. Yeah, it's certainly the lowest one since I've been on the show. For sure. But we also cut out a lot of really bad albums that I think Mm. don't fit into what we do. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But even though we might not have that much to go over, I'm sure we'll find something to talk about. So why don't we go ahead and get started right now with some scene news. All right, everyone, it is scene news time. James, you want to take us through this very important first story? Yeah. So, uh... People probably already know I'm a big Slipknot fan. And mm-hmm. so as all this news transpired, I definitely had a lot of thoughts about it. But essentially, long story short, a uh, longtime member of Slipknot, Chris Fane, he uh, came out last week and said that he's suing his band because they allegedly have started LLCs in different states that are under the Slipknot name, but he doesn't know about. Right. And so... He basically was going, basically saying that uh, they owe me money. (laughs) And (laughs) uh, yeah, it's essentially just him saying that I'm going to sue my band because they're going behind my back. And uh, uh, essentially, from what I understand, there was one LLC that Slipknot uh, goes through to split the money, you know, to the nine members, the crew, etc. And apparently he's saying Corey Taylor and Sean Cran have started other LLCs, like I said. And uh, Chris Fane is basically saying, like, he wants a full legal... uh, He wants all legal documents of everything that has happened with Slipknot's money. Right. And the question, now this all came out last week. The question would be, you know, have they set up... I'm sure they do have multiple LLCs. Like, I'm actually pretty sure that they do. The question would be, when the structure goes out to how much percentage each member gets paid and the crew or whatever, however they work that, as long as those other LLCs 
aren't taking more of a share than someone else, thus diminishing the share that would then go to him and other people in the band. So if Corley, let's say Corley, if Corey Taylor, let's say, gets, I don't know, let's say he gets 20%, right? Let's just make it relatively easy. If he's got Mm -hmm. his regular LLC for Corey Taylor, that gets paid 20%. If he has Mm -hmm. another LLC that for money reasons, he also wants his money getting paid there, as long as that's, now it's 12% to Corey Taylor LLC, and let's say 8% to Corley Taylor LLC, then that's completely fine because that doesn't take away from anyone else's share. But if now there's another LLC that's now getting the same percentage and that's ruining what other people's percents are, then I totally see where he's justified. The issue would then be, though, wouldn't you have that conversation with your band? And maybe he did, but... If you're still in the band, you got to know that suing them probably won't work out in your favor. Yeah, especially with them about to tour. Yes, a new album, a new tour. So then, James, what happened this week? Mr. Chris Fan, after 21 years, has been fired from Slipknot. 21 fucking years. Crazy. But that's what you get when you try and sue your band. Yeah. Now, I'm also assuming there were some other issues that they just haven't gone into because that does not sound like a thing you would normally do to your friends. Right. I think there may have been some built up tension over the course of, you know, some years or however 21 years. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But yeah, so he is now no longer in the band and they haven't announced anyone to replace him because it's been pretty quick and maybe they don't have to, I have no idea. They might not even have to like actually bring anyone in now. If, the new album is done. Who knows? Sure. I mean, I know he did backup vocals, but honestly, like he, they call him a percussionist, but like, he's kind of like, I forget what he actually plays, but it's kind of like how clowns. Yeah. Just plays a trash can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he just plays the trash can. <laughs> so, but he does like backup vocals and stuff. So true. But I think they have like two other people that do backup vocals as well. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it sucks. Maybe he's a bad guy. Maybe they're bad guys. I, I don't know. Maybe this is all a misunderstanding, but normally you don't go all the way to sue somebody when things are going well. I think that's the whole point. Yeah, this is the first time I've I can really think of a story where like I've heard plenty of stories where old bandmates have sued the current band. Right. But like a member being in the band and suing the other members while he's in the band. I've never heard of that before. Right. So he is a trendsetter. Yeah. Chris Fane, trendsetter. Chris Fane, everybody. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know, man. I mean, obviously, I think their new album is probably one of the most anticipated albums of at least this year, probably multiple years. And then sure. that tour is going to be fucking massive. So sucks. Yeah. As I say, I'll, I'll be seeing that tour in... Uh, in August, it'll be my first time seeing Slipknot, so it's sad that I will never be able to see them probably with Chris Fane, unless they do some kind of reconciling. Or just get someone else. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think he's the guy, and maybe this is part of the problem, but I don't look to Chris Fane of being like, man, I can't wait to see Chris you know, over there with the, the fucking trash cans. Yeah, right, right. Not putting right. down what he does, because I'm sure he's done a lot. But let's be honest here, that's not the person people are normally going to see. They're not paying to see him. Right. They're paying to see Corey Taylor, like Jim Root, even Clown. Yeah. So, you know, no offense to him, but 
I mean, that's kind of the way it is. Now, I think I'm seeing them in August as well, possibly. Sure. So we'll have way more to talk about, I'm sure, in the future. But just to let everyone know, Slipknot is now down a member. Next up, talking about old members kind of reuniting a little bit. Bury Your Dead are, I don't even think it's a tour. They just, I don't know. They're not up here. So I guess they're going to be down in Anaheim coming up this week at some point. And they're going to be playing a show there where their ex-vocalist, Mike Terry, who is now in volumes, he's going to come back and play some songs with them during their set. Yeah, it makes sense just because Volumes is based out of L.A. And -hmm. I think Mike Terry moved out there when he joined the band. Sure. So it makes sense. You know, it's it's literally just a bunch of friends hanging out. So I, yeah, I like Bury Your Dead and I like Volumes. So gotcha. I'm, I'm about I'm about this. Yeah, I wouldn't mind looking up some YouTube videos if someone takes some. That's for sure. Absolutely. And I don't even know what that rumbling was. By the way, everyone, we're dealing with weird, weird technical issues. We had yeah. a whole deal where, for some reason, we were hearing this really weird sound that happened the first time that James came on the show. And I haven't heard it since. And that was after he switched over to Google Chrome because we're using Google Hangout. Right. And... I can't believe that that's the issue, but it sounds like that's the issue. So we're still dealing with a little growing pains here. So please bear with us. Yeah. And for whatever reason, Skype is down because that's, that was, that's always our backup thing. Yeah. And, but it's not down for Ian. It's just down for me. Right. For whatever odd reason. Makes no sense. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still figuring, figuring out, figuring out how there to podcast. <laughs> and how to talk as well, which I often exactly. go through as well. So see, we're, we're exactly. there. We're getting there. That chemistry. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Uh-huh. So just to let everyone know, obviously, we're very open and honest show. So just letting you know, if you hear something or whatever, it's because we're still dealing with some growing pains. But yeah. we are going to move on right now to a story about Born of Osiris and how mm-hmm. now was that the guitarist home studio? Yeah. Yeah, that was his home yeah. studio. Lee McKinney, I think is how you say it. So mm-hmm. I think his house is in Illinois. I think someone broke in from their second story. And stole five guitars, like an amp set up. Like, I don't remember everything. But it was like five guitars, an amp set up, and then the thing, and a TV. And the thing that got me was multiple guns. Yeah. Multiple fucking guns. Dude, just, I I literally just have no words. Like, if you, if you steal from somebody, you're, like, you're lower than shit. <laughs> like, if you, like, I'm not even talking about stealing small stuff, like, you stole like thousands of dollars worth of property. Oh yeah, from this man. yeah. You know, when I say, when I say you, I definitely mean Ian. Yeah, but, uh... <laughs> I'm the mastermind. Man. <laughs> <laughs> but like, just when you steal thousands of dollars from somebody, like you're you're the scum of the earth. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, especially with bands too, because you know how hard they work. You know all the trials and tribulations they have to go through. When someone's van, when someone breaks into a band's van and steal shit, I think that's the worst possible thing you can almost do that's, like, band-related stealing stuff, you know? Oh, my gosh, because, yeah, like, especially if they're on tour, you're you're literally not allowing them to do their jobs. Yeah, exactly. You're taking not only their stuff, but then their future earning potential away from them. Exactly. Which is insane. So this sucks as well, but what I latched on to a lot was, and gun laws change from state to state. So I'm not exactly Mm -hmm. sure on this one. So I'm going to say allegedly on this one. But Illinois might be one of those states where if someone commits a crime, 
with your weapon, even if it was stolen, you're on the fucking hook for it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know about that. Because um, I live in Pennsylvania, which is a pretty like pro-gun state. Yeah. Yeah, that's really all I just know oh, no, about I, guns at this point. No, no, I got you. But that might actually be a law there. And the thing oh, I wow. got to say, too, is so you're not home, right? Your studio's, you're not there. You're touring. Why not lock up your fucking guns? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he had, if he bought a safe or the guy stole the safe, the stole the safe or whatever. But I mean, that's pretty fucked if that's a law. Well, no, it's. I mean, well, it's the whole people. Look, I'm not. I think we've done shows where I, you know, I've been on both sides of gun regulations and and things like that. Sure. One of the things you have to do, though, as part because I know a lot about guns. One of the things you have to do is when you take those safety courses or whatnot, depending on what you know what state. Most of the time, you, by law, are supposed to keep your weapons in a safe. So if the safe was stolen, first of all, those things are fucking heavy normally. But if the safe is stolen, then I don't think he would put it out there as four guns were stolen. He would say, a safe containing my guns has been stolen. Mm. But this seemed like they were just lying around. And I could be wrong, so that's why I said alleged. But when you read something like that, that's why there are laws in place is so that you don't do something stupid like that. Mm, yeah, if they were lying around, then that's irresponsible on Lee's part. But I don't know. I just, I don't know enough about the situation to really have a full opinion. I just <laughs> kind of read the, read the article. I gotcha. I don't know. I'm kind of conflicted on this well, one. Well, we'll see. We'll definitely see uh, if that shit turns up or not. But believe me, I hate the whole stealing from a band as well. The way I hate that if anyone steals anything. I, I'm completely right. with you. I just think it's like one of the worst things you can possibly do when someone's out on tour and you vandalize their means of transportation and take away their means for getting money. Right. That's why I steal the show every episode. Oh. hey <laughs> Well done, James. Well done. You're getting there. You're getting there. I'm getting better. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So next up is the announcement that, to me, kind of came out of nowhere. Self-Help Fest was announced. And it was announced for two separate areas. For California and Worcester, Massachusetts. Whoa. Yeah. Now, I don't (sighs) know if, like, I know they do a Self-Help Fest every once in a while. Like, I think once it was just, like, one date. Then they did it as kind of like a mini tour. But now they're doing it two more and possibly other dates added to that as well. Now, I did pick up my Worcester date because that's only a little more than an hour plus away from me. That means I don't have to go to Maine, you know, for that Maine right. tour that they're on, you know, pun intended there. Yeah. But with Self Help Fest, they've only announced one band. And dude, did you see what the ticket prices are? No. What are they? The price ends up being. $60 or $62, okay. something like that, 61.5 for a ticket. Now, okay. that's without any other bands announced, just a day to remember. All right? Okay. My issue, though, is it's a total, if you buy two tickets, it's a total of over 120 bucks when the initial tickets are supposed to be 50 So that means the service fee itself is over 20% of the total wow. cost of the tickets. Dude, I hate websites like Ticketmaster and Ticketfly just because yeah. of th- there's so many fees. Right. And that's what <laughs> that's what sucks, especially because self self-help is supposed to give some of their profits to charity as well. So they probably right. have to jack up 
their ticket price a little bit, but then that adds on the service fees. But what service are they really giving you? I mean, this is a debate that millions of people have had, I'm sure. But really, when you think about it, they're not even sending me a fucking paper ticket. Right. Like, they're just like, oh, you can print your ticket for free. Yeah. But it's just like, I still have to pay like $8 for like service and handling fees or whatever. So now it's like 20 plus bucks. Like what? How? What? For, for what? What did you do for me? Right. I just yeah. I, I'm right there with you, man. I hate that stuff. But anyways, in the in the future, hopefully, we'll you know, obviously, they're going to announce because I think the one I'm going to is in September. So we've got a while for them to actually announce other people on the bill. But you know, I haven't seen a day to remember since the last time they came around. So I always want to see them live. I have never seen a day to remember. Damn, man, you have a whole list of bands you got to get on, man. I do. I do. I have a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Not even going to lie. Not even going to argue that. (laughs) No, that's true. All right. A update from last week. We did, well, we can't really talk about it that much because it's more visual, but we do have an update of Randy Bly of Lamb of God and his protest against the, you know, the stupid people at Westboro Baptist. He actually did do the whole kazoo drumming, like all the weirdos get together and, you know, try and drown them out. I don't know how successful it was, but I know that they were drowning them out for a while. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that said that Westboro Baptist, like, did end up, like, going away just because they, they figured out that nobody could hear them. Oh, hey, there you go, then. It worked. So Randy Blyde uh, well did what he accomplished. Clap, 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 clap. Clap, clap, clap. I don't know. I saw it. It looked like something I would not enjoy to be a part okay. of, but they did a good thing. See, I would have loved to be a part of that just because I'm James. That is true. You're a weirdo. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> Kazoos are awesome. Kazoos are the best instrument. That's never been said on the show, and it will never be said again. I should actually go out and delete this whole section here. <laughs> Oh, I don't know oh, what to do man. with you. I just oh don't. boy, no, yeah, that's what everybody says. Nobody ever knows what they do with me. <laughs> All right, moving on now. So now we're supposed to say allegedly, allegedly, Tyler Carter got in control of the "Woe Is Me" Instagram page and mentioned something about you know who's still rocking the album or blah blah blah. So <laughs> the rumors are circulating that they might be doing a numbers. 10-year anniversary tour or something like that. Dude, I'll be real with you. I totally forgot that what was me had an Instagram page. <laughs> well, I forgot that they had any social media whatsoever. Dude, because I haven't heard news from them in years. Well, yeah, because they haven't done anything in fucking forever because Tyler Carter went off and did, you know, issues and everything else he's done. Right. I was just like, wait, what was me? He's like, I totally forgot they were a thing. Not going to yeah. lie. I mean, I like... <laughs> I liked them. I don't find myself yeah. going back to numbers and listening to it over and over again. Like, I don't know if I would, I would go, you know, for the show to talk about things and everything, but I'm not like, yeah, I need that as a 10 year reunion. I don't know. Right. Like I was listening to what was me in like my junior year of high school. And yeah. that was like seven years ago. So I could, yeah, like same thing. It was good when I first listened to it, but I don't know if I could revisit it. I'm sure it's not bad. It's no, not, not, I mean, bad, they're no. not bad, but I think even back then they were pretty generic. What got them really famous was a cover song. Right. And they, I mean, they were pretty rise core as the joke goes. Yeah, of course. Well, I yeah. mean, the good part about that was that was kind of the jumping off point for Tyler Carter and for Michael Bond. 
you know, right. Kind of the band that got them where they are now, even though, mm-hmm. you know, Michael Bond's not going anywhere, but Tyler <laughs> Carter is doing very well. So sure, sure, sure. But it would be a surprise though, because I don't know how they would have that time to do anything since there's going to be a new issues album out and they're gonna have to tour for that. So how do you how do you get all these people together to do any type of reunion tour unless they just do a show, maybe? Yeah, dude, I don't know. I don't know how half of these people are able to do all that they do. Like when you interviewed Landon Tours. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know how that guy is able to do everything he does. No, it's very true. That is very true. All right, now, Attila news. So it's being reported, at least by Franz, that a fan of theirs showed up to their show with his dead buddy's ashes. And apparently his dead buddy was also a huge fan of Attila. So they took some of the ashes and poured it, literally just poured it on the floor of the tour bus. Wow. (laughs) I mean, y'all know I'm not really a big fan of Attila, but the, the fact that Franz did go out of his way to like honor that guy's friend, because like that's a, that would that's a Franz thing to do. Yeah, like a yeah. totally a Franz thing to do. So like, I think that guy's dead buddy would have really appreciated that. So the fact that Franz like went out of his way to do that for him, you know, just shows that while I may not be a fan of Attila's music, I am a fan of them as people. Now, Franz is a cool guy, and I'm sure that. Yeah you know, meant something to his friend and who knows, maybe even meant something to his dead friend. I'm just really glad you can't get herpes after you die. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. The things you would see on the floor of an Attila bus. Just think about that. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't want to probably don't want to think about it to be quite. No, I don't. (laughs) I don't know, but that is, I mean, I, I think I already know your answer. But so let's say you passed away and for some reason got cremated. Let's say you did that. Okay. Whose bus would you want to be poured out in? Oh, Slipknot, without a doubt. Oh, wow. I thought it was going to be Limp Biscuit. You know what? (laughs) 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 Either one would be fine. Okay. All right. (laughs) But if I had a choice, it'd be Slipknot. It's such a weird... I don't know. I guess, you know, if you don't care about, you know, any afterlife or your body or whatever, I guess it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, all right, I'll say this. If Fred Durst would say something about it on stage, then I'd want Limp Biscuit. What if I could get Fred Durst to snort a rail of your ashes? <laughs> you know what? I'll get back to you on that. Oh, wow. See, you know, now I know you're not a real fan. Now I know. All right. All right. <laughs> all right, Fred Durst. Fred Durst, let's have a combo. Let's have a combo. I will say, that's very rock star. You know what I mean? That's very like rock style, rock star, rock style living, which we don't mm-hmm. get to really see anymore. Yeah, the age of like the seventies, eighties, and to some extent nineties rock star, those those days are kind of over. Yeah. Which is sad in a way. Sure. Now, next up, I guess I, I don't even know why we're talking about this, but I guess MySpace lost <laughs> a ton of uploaded music for like the last what, like fifteen years or some shit? It said it lost, I think it said 50 million songs from 2003 to 2015. Wow, oh, I was actually pretty close. All right, well, that's something. So the only thing I was worried about was, James, did you make sure to back up your Blood on the Dance Floor cover band? <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Okay. Whew. <laughs> I was worried they were lost forever. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're not. I'm just kidding. could barely get through that. Wow. 
Oh man. I <laughs> you probably have a lot more experience with MySpace than I did because by the time I had like full access to the internet, MySpace mm-hmm. had already been kind of dead and Facebook was like becoming the new big thing. Sure. Like that's kind of when I became on social media. Right. Uh that was like 2009, 2010. I did have a MySpace back in the day, but I was only able to be on so infrequently that I basically might cool. as well. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I got you. I might as well not have a, a MySpace. Okay. All right. So. Ah, fuck it. Who cares? I think Ian Hates has a MySpace page right now. Really? Yeah. I think I made one. They were just like, hey, why don't you make a page for your music? And I was like, all right. So I just, and I've <laughs> never done anything with it. Ever. Dude, I, I, I always forget MySpace is still a thing. So does everybody. We are going to end tonight with a band that I never talk about on this show. Their name is the Dropkick Murphys. <laughs> I hate the Dropkick Murphys. Really? With all known passion in the world. Really? Yes. <laughs> it's sickening living in Boston and having to hear any time Boston is mentioned on any TV, radio, blah, blah, that they play shipping out to Boston. <laughs> they're honestly, they're one of the most annoying bands of all fucking time. You're the first person I've ever met that is loath to Dropkick Murphys. What? Yeah. I mean, dude, I, I grew up uh, with the mom that listened to punk rock. So, I mean, all her and all of her friends that I grew up with, you know, they basically worship the Dropkick Murphys. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I fucking hate them. I mean, they just played in a, <laughs> they just played in Lancaster like last, Boo. last week. <laughs> <laughs> they had a sold out show. They always sell out shows. I mean, I I don't get it. Look, I have two very close friends that they go to every Dropkick Murphys concert. So unless there's some like job thing that they have to do, like last year when Dropkicks did like, I want to say like four to eight shows. I'm sure I'm getting this wrong, but they did it in different states. Like they traveled Uh to see them. Wow. And one of the worst parts of Boston, I mean, there are tons of very bad things in Boston, but one of the worst parts of Boston is St. Patrick's Day. And everything that happens around St. Patrick's Day, because they play for like seven shows or something, they play and sell out every single show in Boston. And it's gross. (laughs) Okay. It just is. It's absolutely gross. Now, did you hear the story about what happened at one particular show during this little run that they had on St. Patrick's Day? I did not. So one of their founding members, Ken Casey, I think he's the bassist or whatever. Okay. He's performing at one point, and I guess TMZ has video of it, and they reported, but I happened to have two people that were there, and actually, I probably know even more people that were there, but these two were very, very close. They like to ride the rails, you know, and sing along to, you know, shitty songs and all that bullshit. (laughs) So they're up there, and this is actually, by the way, I can say it, Hater Megan and Hater Nick. I'll say hello because I know they're going to be listening and they love how much I make fun of Dropkick Murphys because they love them (laughs) so much. So they're there. And I guess what happened was, especially, I mean, it's a Boston crowd, so it's full of shitheads and stuff. And they were getting kind of rowdy, maybe not as rowdy as they could be, but it was rowdy enough. And there happened to be, I guess, one guy who was pretty close to the rail who was like hitting and elbowing people, you know, women, men, didn't matter trying to get up to like the barrier, all that kind of bullshit. And I guess Ken had pointed it out and said like, hey, look, man, if you're going to keep doing this, we're going to throw you out because, you know, 
we want the safety of our fans to be mm. paramount, you know, that kind of thing. So apparently he saw what was still going on and went to like lean out and, you know, point to the guy so that security could come take him away. And when that happened, I guess he got punched in the face by the guy, but that didn't bloody him up. What bloodied him up is he happened to get a face full of beer can as well. And then that made him gush blood. And then I think he might have gotten a punch off. There was like spitting. It was like a real bad scene. But the guy did get thrown out. And then Ken left the stage. Dropkick came back, did a couple more songs, then left. And then during the encore, came out with Ken. And they did whatever stupid thing they do for an encore. (laughs) I, I, I actually do remember hearing about this. And I just was like, wow. I don't know, like, I, I hear about, like, fights in the crowd at mm-hmm. shows, but it's very rare when I hear about a fan actually, like, getting into an altercation with one of the band members. Right. I mean, it happened with, well, I guess that was security, but I was going to say Franz and Attila. I think it's happened right. with a fan before as well. We all know what happened with Story, I was going to say Story of the Year, Story so far. Yeah. You know, there, yeah. there are different things that have happened for sure. But yeah, it is a little rare. Plus, you would imagine... If you're at the shows, like these guys could easily get me in to every single one of those shows if I wanted to go there, but I don't mm. like Dropkick Murphy, so why would I go see it? So you would think that if you like them, why would you want to punch them in the face? I don't know, man, but I do have this question to ask you, and this is probably really, probably really off topic. Would you rather listen to the Dropkick Murphys or or Emir? Oh man, <laughs> oh crap. Well. I'll say because I'll I'll use a loophole. I'll say a mirror <laughs> because I still liked the Leonetti brothers. So if we're talking okay. early a mirror, then sure. And then I like the Glass Cloud guys. So I can say later a mirror as well. But yeah, I, I dude, I hate I hate Wow. You rather listen to a mirror. Oh, I the despise. There's only one okay song that I've ever liked from Dropkick Murphys, and that was Dirty Glass. That's the only one. And even then, that's a ripoff of, you know, the old Irish tunes. So all of their songs are ripoff of old Ooh. Irish tunes. That's all it is. I got somebody to listen to this podcast. He's going to laugh because he's a huge Dropkick Murphys fan and went to their show in Lancaster. Oh, okay. Well, look, prove me wrong about it. It's completely fine. Like, we all have different tastes. But sure, this is sure. something that it's really funny because I, I legitimately have, like, diehard fans that are friends of mine. And mm-hmm. they just, they love them. And I just can't understand it. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, they're smart people. They're intelligent. Like, they have sure. good taste with certain things. And I just don't know how they can like Dropkick Murphys. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And that, that makes sense. I mean, there's probably some people you know that enjoy rap music. Yeah. But that are very intelligent. But you don't enjoy rap music and you don't understand it. And so oh, for sure. That makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, what I, well, I understand rap music. I just don't like it. But sure, sure. Let's just put that out there. But yeah. also, it's like, so they blasphemed a song. They did another cover where they just destroyed one of the greatest songs ever made. So that also hurts my soul. And especially okay. because some people like it. And it's literally the worst version of any song ever that has ever been created. And it hurts what me every time. Do you know the song, You'll Never Walk Alone? Yeah. Yeah. They did a cover of that song. And that song means more to me than most people will ever know. 
And I was excited because I was like, maybe when I first heard about it, I was like, maybe, maybe I'll like a Dropkick Murphy song. Mm. And then I heard the cover and all I wanted to do was punch Ken in the face. <laughs> and I did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ian, Ian was the culprit. Ian was the culprit. Uh, just hit a bunch of women first and then get his attention because I was like, finally, I can do that. My plan worked perfectly. That's funny. Oh, it's ridiculous. But they're really also, no one should be doing that. Like. People wait hours and hours in line to get on a barrier and to get that close. Obviously, there's going to be movement, but you don't need any fucking dickbags in there hitting people and elbowing people all the time. Like, you know the right places to do that. That's definitely not the right place to do that. For sure. And I will also, as much as I don't like them, I will give them plenty of credit for continuing on the show and for Ken coming back out and doing more music. And then I think... I think that was the Friday show, which meant they still had Saturday and Sunday as well. Oh, man. So good for them. I'll give them credit. Yeah. But they also really suck. (laughs) You won't let that go. I won't. (laughs) I'll carry that mantle for forever. All right. Fucking Dropkick Murphys. (laughs) All right, everyone. I like leaving scene news on a fun note, and I think that was pretty fun. But right now, it is time. To get to, I like how I do that where I space out. It is time to get to new songs. New song time, which means I am going to tell you the name of an artist, the name of a track, and then I'm going to play a snippet of their new song. Make sure to go out, support these bands, check out their new music, pre-order their new albums, and just really support. But until then, here's Bedlam Barrio. Feelings. Dead Throne, Feel. Born Anew, Vile Filth. The Downsides, Reminiscing Rooftops.
your heart out, Carousel. Parting gift without sin. Moon Tooth Omega Days. Extortionist pressure. Hot milk, take your jacket. Modern Tears, Thousand Times. Monochromatic black phosphenes. Carousel Kings, Codebreaker.
I prevail, paranoid. Alright everyone, so you just heard a bunch of new songs. James, I'm going to start with you. What did you like? What didn't you like? Please let me know. Sure. Uh, I really liked the new Born a New track, as oh, some sure. of you may remember. Some of you may remember. Yeah, some of you may remember. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> talked about how I watched Born a New kind of from this uh, local band from New Jersey kind of just grind out and then get signed to Stasic Recordings. Yep. And I think what they're doing is really cool. I mean, it's just heavy, aggressive, hardcore. So sure. if that's your thing, uh, you'll love this because I really enjoyed it. And, and pretty um, political, it seemed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys in Born and New are pretty political guys. And uh, this was kind of the the sleeper hit for me, but I actually really like the song from Eat Your Heart Out. Oh, uh, okay. Sure. The song Carousel. Um because it's like I do like I do like bands of female singers. I mm-hmm. just don't know a lot that I like other than like the ones we talk about on the show. Sure. And so for me, this was a band I discovered this week. Uh, I was really I was really into that. And um, I guess the other one I, uh, that stood out to me was the Carousel King song. Oh yeah. Uh, that, that's another big one just because they're they're also from the Lancaster area. Oh, right. And um, you know they're kind of another one of the. They're they're definitely the hometown here for pop punk. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I can see that. So, I really like their last album, and I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with this one. Yeah, I highlighted that track as well. I've been given a little news about their new album coming out and everything, and it looks really good. Sure, looking forward to that. I also, you know, you talk about female fronted bands and whatnot. What do you think of Monochromatic Black? I like that. That was another sleeper hit for me. I didn't expect to like that, but I did. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I haven't heard of them before, so I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to hearing more for sure. Also, I definitely want to mention, probably my favorite out of the week was probably Bedlam Barrio. I really yep. enjoy that song, Feelings. I thought that was yeah. really fucking good. I liked that. I mean, yeah, we're going to talk about a band that also adds in some like R&B style when we talk, you know, at, you know, during album reviews. Ah, wow. Album reviews, <laughs> but... This they did a really great job, so I appreciate that. I also like his singing style as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think now we can go on to making fun of some songs, right? <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, so let me start out with a band that I had high hopes for, but I don't know if I can do anything with anymore, and that's Dead Throne. Okay. Because I like the heaviness of the band, but I hate that type of electronic that they put in there where it makes it sound like it's like a high-pitched female vocals and they play it on a loop. I can't stand that EDM stupid bullshit. I can't. Sure. I didn't really hate it as much as you did, but I was kind of neutral about the song. I was like, eh, I'm probably never going to listen to this again, but at least my ears didn't bleed. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're from overseas, possibly. Okay. I liked everything. They just took out that whole part. That'd be fine. I just don't need it. It doesn't help your music. People sure. have to know how to use electronics correctly. That is not how to yeah. do it. So that was that was an issue for me. 
And then, obviously, the last band, I Prevail. Oh, boy. Holy fuck, man. Yeah, I, um, so they have three singles out right now, and two of them are mostly electronics. Yeah. I think it's Bow Down is the only one right now that, like, they show, they showcase some of what they were doing with their last album, but they, with this new album, I think are definitely going towards, like, the new Bring Me the Horizon direction. (sighs) I'll give Bring Me more credit, though. It's awful. It's plain fucking awful, man. Right. It's so incredibly bad. And that's why I thought, I thought Bow Down, we didn't even talk about it because I normally don't like talking about this band because the stories you hear about them behind the scenes, you know, it's alleged, but you hear just shitty stuff. I've also had personal experiences with them and fans and how shitty Mm. they are to a lot of their fans. It's just not a good look. So I don't really like this band, but then add on that they were generic as fuck before, and then now they still can't do anything just themselves. They can't, like, I still don't hear what band they are besides a band that jumps on whatever trend to get popular. Like, there was, like, one or two songs off their last album that I kind of liked, Mm -hmm. but I haven't liked any of the three singles so far. Like, Bow Down was okay, but it was kind of like what I was saying about Death Throne. It was like, I mean, this is all right, but I'm probably not ever going to go out of my way to listen to this again. Yeah, exactly. But man, this trauma, what, what's the name of it? Trauma or something? Paranoid. Oh, Paranoid. Trauma was the yeah. other one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Paranoid, man. It's like they're also, with, with their music videos, it's like they're trying to be a day to remember, but not funny. Yeah, yeah, like an un- unironic. Yeah, exactly. It's really <laughs> weird. And then I, I put this on social media. Didn't we learn from Bullet From My Valentine that whispering in a song is never a good idea. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't understand why you would whisper before a drop or whisper before a breakdown. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I feel like it was cool for like 20 minutes in 2006, but I don't know why you're (laughs) doing it. I don't know why you're doing it in 2019. Well, they're not original, so I, I understand that. But I thought Bow Down was a a better, like musically, it's more my taste for sure, but they were singing about things that they do. They were singing about, like, if you're t- if you're going to talk about I Prevail as a band, talk about selling out. Like, they're the ones that yeah. did everything in that, like, everything they say they're against about, like, bowing down to the record industry, bowing down to what people tell you to do, following, not leading, all that shit. That's what they did. And that's what they continue to do. So it's a very ironic song for them to be singing because they're not good. They're they're very, very fucking generic. Sure. Yeah, like, I don't know. When people look back on, like, the 2010s, or whatever you want to call this decade, sure. and they look at, like, the metalcore of, like, the latter metalcore, I feel like is not going to be remembered. Like, the 2015 to 2019, I feel like 2010 to 2014 is going to be remembered way more than 2015 to 2019. Well, because... it's too bad. We know lots of great bands. But then you have yeah. a band like this. Like, I was looking through their comments on YouTube because I was like, people have got to rip them apart. And no, it's all fangirls going, oh, right. you're taking such a big risk. Like, wow, right. I can't believe you're able, you're, you're doing such something that no one else has done. Really? Yeah. I mean, we can start naming all the bands that have done this and failed. Right. Yeah. I was talking more about like what the most popular metalcore bands were at the time. Like, sure. 
you know, even in like 2011, like when Memphis Mayfire wrote the challenge, I mean, uh, not challenger, uh, the hollow, that oh, was, yeah. that's one of my favorite metalcore albums ever. Sure. And that, and they were extremely popular during that time. You know, I mean, now they're still extremely popular but well, for different reasons. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but back then, I mean, they were extremely popular and they wrote good music. So I don't, I, I think I'm getting as frustrated as you where I think every band in the scene thinks that, oh, in order for us to get popular, we have to add, we have to shoehorn in electronics yes. into our music. Right. And I just, I don't get it. If you like that, I mean, if it sounds good to you, I guess that's great. Like, go ahead and do it. I just don't have that feeling that they really do think it's good. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm about as frustrated as you are, man. Yeah, it's disappointing. But fuck them, sure. they're going to do well. So who gives yep. a shit? I mean, I'm certainly not going to their show. I Prevail yeah. and Issues? Holy fuck. What a terrible show. What a terrible show. Especially now with Issues. Oh, yeah. Not even a fucking chance. But by the way, just to leave on kind of a good note here, I had forgotten I liked Modern Tears. I liked their yeah. song Thousand Times. I like that. I also like their video, too, where they were, like, in the boxing ring. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I enjoy that. So I will be looking out for more stuff they do. I will not be looking out for more stuff that I Prevail does. <laughs> yeah, likewise. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. We are going to end new songs there, and we are going to go to our favorite part of the show. everyone our favorite part of the show means it is album review time like we stated before we really don't have too many albums to go over but we're still going to go over the ones that we want to talk about so we're going to start with vanish familiar faces on hopeless records this is a post-hardcore band 10 tracks with no filler which i enjoyed but i was a little surprised at the amount of quote-unquote softer songs because i think there were three right Yeah, I believe so. So out of 10 tracks, that seems to be a lot, but I liked that they did something a little bit different there. So James, I'm going to go to you. What do you think about this? Yeah, I thought this was a really good post-hardcore, and uh, (laughs) Ian might get a little mad at what what I'm about to say. But uh, I was apathetic towards post-hardcore for a long time. You son of a bitch. (laughs) It wasn't that I didn't like post-hardcore, because I do, and I did. But it was more of just, I didn't find a band for a long time that just reignited that love I have for it. Okay. And I felt like, and I felt like this band helped do that. Wow. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that like, you know, it's the best post hardcore record that I've ever heard because it's not, but it's still really good. Sure. And no, I'll give you that. Sure. And so for me, I think this made me want to go listen to more post hardcore. So well, I have a list of this... bands for you. So just let yeah, me know. Sure, sure. So, um, Ian likes post-hardcore. I like post-hardcore again. So, I mean, I never stopped. It was more of just, I was meh for a while about it. So, but now I really like this. So I think we both recommend it. Yeah. I think it'd be weird. I mean, I I just want, I want to joke with you a little bit. I'm surprised that this band was the band to kind of reignite post-hardcore for you. I was too. I was like, I don't know, just because I'm pretty sure that I've listened to other post-hardcore albums like since I've been on the show. Yeah. yeah you but have. for whatever reason, this was just the one that was like, oh yeah, I do like the style of music. 
when I when I listen to Vanish, I hear heavier Sleeping with Sirens and Icy Stars. See, because that those were the the bands that got me into post hardcore. So interesting. I have a lot of suggestions for you. Sure, because obviously you've been listening to post hardcore a lot longer than I have. Because you know, I think I'm pretty sure Sleeping with Sirens and uh, Icy Stars were the first post hardcore bands I listened to. Wow. Okay, well then, that probably does have a little bit of the reason for you liking this band. But I do like this kind of dynamic. I like, you know, the lead vocalist with the higher vocals and then a screamer coming in over top of that. You know, they kind of use it sparingly, but it seemed to be accentuated in the right areas, which I like. They didn't overdo it, which I enjoyed. I think people in general, if you don't like your vocals being processed, you probably won't like a whole lot of this album because you can sure. definitely tell there's a fair amount of processing with the vocals. I don't think it was overdone except for maybe a couple times, but that's just part of how it is sometimes now, you know? Sure. Yeah, that's just a part of modern post-hardcore. Right. But I will say there was a fair amount of attitude in this that I enjoy that kind of comes from, you know, Pierce the Veil and Sleeping with Sirens, kind of the structure, what they're talking about. I liked that. I enjoyed that. Because, I mean, I haven't heard a good Sleeping With Sirens, you know, album in a long time. So, I don't think any of us have. Yeah. So, I, enjoy, <laughs> I like the style. So, I'm glad that someone is doing it. It might not be the most original thing, but I liked Vanish's other work, too. So, it's not like I'm jumping on this band being like, oh, no, they've been like, we've talked about this before. I like them. It's just you have to be honest about, you know, what the album is. That's the way it works. Absolutely. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I think people should take a listen for sure. I'm trying to think if there was anything I missed. I They did overdo some electronics at times, but they also had very good placement in other areas as well. So sure. I see big things for this band. I mean, I think they're going to get out on the road, probably with some people that we like. They're going to get more noticed. I mean, they're on a great label. Hopeless is a great label for them to be on. So I, I see bright things in the future for this band. It's just... Let's be honest about what it is. It's a good album, but they're not really breaking like huge new ground on this kind of thing. Yep. And like we said last week, you know, you don't have to be 100% original to write good music. Exactly. And I think they do write good music. So I would definitely recommend them. You recommend them. Once again, it's Vanish, Familiar Faces, and that's on Hopeless Records. Next up, something I know, I know that James is super excited about. We're going to be talking about the band Fallujah, Undying Light on Nuclear Blast Records. This is progressive metal slash atmospheric metal. This is their mm -hmm. fourth album, 10 tracks, no filler, which I obviously enjoy. And there was only one song that was under four minutes, and the rest were way above. Yeah, I think the average was like 4.55 or something like that. Yeah. For sure. Average song. Yeah. So they were, you know, it's mid-range, unclean vocals pretty much throughout. Actually, a pretty good screamo vocal if he ever yeah. wanted to do that. I, I really did enjoy the unclean vocals. And then, obviously, 
It's a prog metal band. It's an atmospheric band. So very technically sound in all of their, you know, musicianship. They had guitar-driven music. It's great drumming. That's what bands like this do. And I also want to add uh, what Ian was talking about, like in terms of the vocals. There were like a few uh, small sections of clean vocals throughout, and I really did like those. But yeah, like minuscule though. Yeah, like it wasn't a whole lot, but when he did it, I thought it really fit the mood well. Sure. But yeah, I thought the guitar work was amazing. Uh, I thought I usually don't hear vocals that passionate in progressive metal. Okay. But I thought his his vocals were extremely passionate. Like you could literally, I think, feel what he was trying to to portray in his lyrics. And I I, I've honestly I've been following Fallujah for a couple of years now. I saw them in 2016. I believe with the Black Dahlia murder. Oh, okay. And uh, that's the only time I ever saw them. But uh, they, to me, are an extremely underrated band, and they're the only like band of our scene that I know of that is from San Francisco. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, but you know, I usually I usually say what well, my album of the week is. This is definitely <laughs> my album of the week, and I think that's why Ian uh, preceded it like this for sure. But yeah, uh, amazing guitar work as well. I mean. It's not normal where an album is this long and I want it to be longer. Oh, okay. like the only other album I can think of recently where it was an album was kind of long and I wish it was longer was Silent Planet when the end began. Oh, sure. Okay. And that was like five months ago. So this is the first album since then where it was like, yeah, this is 45 minutes, but I wish there was more. Interesting. So, okay. So I'm, I was definitely a fan of this and this is definitely one of those albums that I'm going to keep listening to throughout the year. Damn. Wow. All right. Well, look, my I, I thought it was very good as well. My only issue is sometimes I have trouble connecting to prog anything. Sure. And I think we've talked about on the show, what you have to realize is one of the reasons why the songs are so long is because a lot of times there are very extended intros, there are extended outros, and then there are times during the song where they're just going to go off on a tangent for a minute. And you're not going to hear any vocals whatsoever. And it's showing, hey, look at me. I'm really great at playing my instrument, which I am completely fine with. I just think you have to be in the mood or really enjoy prog music to enjoy that kind of thing. Sure. And I think all of us know at this point that like either you like prog or you don't. There's really yeah. not a whole lot of well, there's really not a whole lot in between. I'll tell you, though, when you look at a band like Periphery. They do sure. a lot of different things in that prog spectrum. When we talked about Ghost Iris, when we talked mm. about them, they're a prog band, but they didn't do that part of the going off in tangents. And that, to sure. me, I very much enjoyed. So that's the only thing that holds me back completely from connecting, but you'll never hear me take away from the talent of a band like this. It's just, for me, I felt a bleed into multiple songs like right now i couldn't tell you like oh yeah i really like that track because to me it starts to all sound the same when you're doing that over and over again you know what i mean see i (laughs) i'm not like that at all because immediately my favorite song on the track is on the album is dopamine because it literally felt like i was on a rush of dopamine listening to it (laughs) (laughs) it's such a tool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that better be the snippet you play too. I swear, I almost, I almost spit out my drink. <laughs> oh man! But no, I, I get it. You like the band, look, and that's why I'm not saying anything really bad. I'm just, it's just a connection yeah. issue sometimes, you know. 
Sure. Y'all have learned by now that when I like an album, I really like an album. Yes. And this is one of them. <laughs> it's basically like any album James likes, expect a tattoo of a lyric or something on his body at some point. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. That's why it's all <laughs> covered in Rollin' Rollin' Rollin'. Absolutely. Y'all should see my tattoo sometime. Oh, my God. I don't want to <laughs> see it. So, yes, I would definitely recommend this band. Also, they have other albums to check out as well. They've been doing this for a while, so make sure you do that as well. But once again, the name is Fallujah, Undying Light, and that's on Nuclear Blast Records. And last up this evening, we are going to be talking about the band Varsity, and it's spelled V-R-S-T-Y, and their EP's name <laughs> their EP's name is Black, but also, take out that A there, so it's B-L-C-K, it's an EP, and it's an independent release. This is R&B-infused post-hardcore with some hip-hop elements from time to time. This is their second EP. It has six tracks, no filler, which I obviously very much enjoy. And this is actually a compilation of some of their previous singles and then some new tracks as well. But the singles that they decided to use, they also re-recorded and remastered, I believe, to make sure it wasn't like something that was just thrown together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, when I listen to this... um... I'm not sure if you'd agree with this because I know how much you love this band, but <laughs> I got I got some Ice Nine Kills vibes from Varsity. I could hear it a little bit. I hear more of like, so when you think about, so the basic kind of construct of this band is you've got Joey, who's the lead vocalist. He does the clean R&B, soulful kind of you know singing. And then you've got another person that comes over the top with the unclean vocals and some pretty strong unclean vocals on this album as well but that's their dynamic that they have here i heard mm. a lot like when i listen to joey's voice i hear a lot of like tyler carter ish vocals uh, okay see when i when, when i listen to that i i heard more of like the color morale oh okay oh that's yeah, a possibility so. yeah i mean there's definitely going to be some similarities because they're not technically doing anything new in the scene but i've always enjoyed joey's vocals because I don't think you really have a lot of people that are doing that exact kind of thing. So for me, the dynamic plays really well because I don't know any other bands that are really doing this because even Issues doesn't really do this anymore. Yeah, not anymore. No. So I also thought there were lots of really hard-hitting parts in this EP as well. Like Colorblind, I thought, was a great way to begin the EP because that was just some really heavy shit going into the melody going into the catchiness that the band has. And that's another thing. Very melodic, very catchy, very soulful at times, but still singing about, you know, kind of depressing shit and, you know, tough real life stuff and then add in screaming to it. And that's what I enjoy. Sure. And it's nice to see like a young independent band like this get some, get starting to get some recognition because I think yep. on Spotify they're, I think they're like around 15,000 monthly listeners. Okay. And even some of my friends on social media were talking about them. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize, like, I, I've, I've known of bands that 
have been independent and have been able to do stuff like this, but it's just nice to see that more, you know? Yeah. And they're a band that is on the road a lot. So they're grinding it out. They're putting their name out there. It's just a really good idea because very hard to get their first EP. So it's very good for them to have this, you know, compilation EP out there so people have something to grasp onto. So now when you go, you know, talk to them at the merch table, they have something they can sell you besides merch. Like it's actually something that you can go listen to. So that's a very good step in the right direction. The hope would be that labels pick this up, that they see the potential in them as well. And then maybe you get the time and the money to be able to put out a full length, which would be really helpful for a band like this. Yeah, yo, Fearless, spend money on this band. I prevail. I honestly, I would put them on Fearless. <laughs> if if they could, yeah. I would maybe even Hopeless too. Because if they're going to sure. give, you know, if they're going to have Vanish on their label, I think they could do something like this for sure. Sure. I've listened to this over and over again already. And, you know, I can't really tell a secret right now about the band. But there's a reason why I know this so well. So we'll get into that at some other point. But. They are a band that I very much enjoy. The last time I saw them live, they were really good. I Actually, they're out right now with other people, like other friends of the show. I'm hoping to see them with Lakeshore coming up as well. But they don't disappoint me ever, so I am very happy to be talking about a new EP for them. Absolutely. Let's just say I have answers for why the change of you know the name and all that kind of stuff, so I'm not going to go into that now. So it's V-R-S-T-Y Varsity. And then the EP also doesn't have the A, so it's black without the A, B-L-C-K. It's an EP, and it's an independent release. Now, man, next week, next week, I'm not too sure is going to be much better. I'm hoping for more stuff to listen to, but we're going to have Law Dispute, Good Tiger, Mayfield, Parting Gift, Wallows, Widowmaker, and a band I'd like to highlight. Their name is Heaven's Sake. This is their second EP. It's called Post Chroma. It's an independent release, and I really like this band. This is old-school, post-hardcore Screamo. It's a throwback band, you know, of sorts. And I like their first EP. I really like this EP. I've already listened a bunch of times. I'm going to enjoy talking about it. So I hope everyone can support them. Go see them live when, you know, when you can. And then also stream the shit out of this as well. Because I think they really deserve it. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. I am very worried about The Good Tiger. Because mm. it's a Redux EP, sure. which means they took their old stuff and put a whole bunch of electronics on it. Yeah, it's kind of probably a similar discussion about what we had about as it is a week or two ago. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if we don't even cover this. Yeah. Just so. saying. Just saying. I, I, yeah, we'll find out next week. Yeah, we will. But other than that, man, I think we're all good. So holy shit, is it time to end the show? I think it is. Let's do it. 
you think we're gonna kiss your ass since you get a good review in your magazine? Well, you're mistaken, my friend. Take a self-righteous buzzer, wannabe writer, candy-ass pencil. Shove it up your ass! Shove it up your ass, you punk! Shove it up your ass, Jeremy! Shove it up your ass! So review that, Einstein! All right, James, it is end of the show time. I cannot believe it. But now, if you would, grace us with your plugs. All right. Man, this is a really short episode. I think it's my shortest one yet. But uh, <laughs> that's, what she, that's what she said. Even. Oh, James, uh, <laughs> you're killing it. Now, um, if y'all want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, I am on those platforms at Words in the James, W O R D S in the James. Oh, yeah. And if you want to check out my terrible, terrible singing, you can check me out <laughs> at James Bozenska. <laughs> it's abysmal. Like, thank you, thank you so much again. Appreciate <laughs> you didn't hear the last uh, thing I said. <laughs> oh no! Oh wait, I didn't hear it. <laughs> what did you say? No, you're gonna have to listen to the show to hear it. Ah, oh, dang it! I have to wait three days. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. I am on YouTube at James uh, Bozenska, B-O-Z-E-N-T-K-A. You know, I'm just not gonna listen, so I can just like have that in my mind that you're Ian like Sam, everyone I'm, else. Then it's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. Oh, that's terrible. No. <laughs> Self-deprecation, baby. Man. Man, Ian, who hurt you? Oh, so many people. (laughs) Same. So many people. But yes, (laughs) thank you, James. Make sure to check out everything he just mentioned. And then, once again, I will run through a ton of shit right now. We've got talking to me. If you would like to talk to me, I don't know why you would. But if you want to, it is on Facebook and Instagram, at Ian Hates. On Twitter, it's at Ian Hates Podcast. And then you can email me ianhates at gmail.com. Then I am also the host of Scene Daddy Interviews. And I hope you went to scenedaddy.com last week because I kind of hinted at who was going to be on the newest show. The interview that went out last week was one of probably the one of the biggest I've ever done. And that was Mr. Kevin Lyman, the founder of Warp Tour. So go listen on scenedaddy.com. We talk, obviously, a lot about Warp Tour. So I'm very happy about that. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, everything like that. And then, yeah, we also put out a surprise episode of Ian Hates Movies. Jackson came back and we talked Captain Marvel and Marvel and DC sucking and a ton of other stuff. We had fun. We just had some beers and we you know, shot the shit. And that's what we did. All I care about is Shazam. I did mention it. I did actually mention it. Because I said that might be the one passable DC movie. But yeah, that came out. So you can listen to that on all the platforms for Ian Hates. We're going to have hopefully more Ian Hates Love. I'm trying to find someone who can do co-hosting with me, all that kind of stuff. And then obviously Ian Hates Music and Ian Hates Conversations as well. But just remember, a lot of the interviews are going to be on Scene Daddy. So just so you're aware. Anyways, I think that is it for me. So, James, do you have any final words for everyone? Keep on rolling, baby! I have to gather myself after that. (laughs) (sighs) And I will leave you, the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. So goodbye to you.
So alright.